You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. You know, beloved, during this uh, global celebration of women, uh, International Women's Day, and in the United States Women's History Month, I am grateful. I am grateful. I am grateful for praying great-grandmother. Praying great-grandmother who lived out that spiritual. Somebody prayed for me. Had me on her mind. Took the time to pray for me. I'm so glad she prayed. I'm so glad she prayed. I I am grateful this day of all days for a praying grandmother who taught me how to pray. I'm grateful for a praying great-grandmother who taught me to trust in the Lord and to lean not on my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge God and God will direct. I'm grateful for a praying great-grandmother. I'm grateful for those praying women who, who, who lived a, a nevertheless she persisted life. Uh, always had a can-do spirit. Uh, uh, ain't gonna let nobody turn me around disposition. You know those women, the biological mothers and the great-grandmothers and grandmothers and aunts and who, who, who knew something about living and persevering and persisting and, and pressing on. You know those, those women who were bold enough to tell you about the pain, but yet prophetic enough to tell you how to push through the pain. You know, you know those, those, those great-grandmothers, as, as, as Langston Hughes wrote in Mother to Son, well, son, I tell you, life ain't been for me no crystal stare. Uh, it, it has tacks in it and, and, and splinters and boards torn up in places with no carpet on the floor, but all the time, all the time I've been climbing and I've been reaching landings and I've been turning corners and, and, and sometimes going in the dark where there ain't been no light. So boy, don't you turn back. Uh, don't you sit down on those steps because you find it's kind of harder, but don't you fall now for I, I still going, honey, and I still a climbing. I'm, I'm grateful for those mothers and those women who say, Lord, don't move my mountains, but just give me the strength to climb. Don't take away my stumbling block, but lead me all around. Oh, yes, uh, women who channeled that ancient wisdom of mystics like Julian of Norwich that 14th century mystic uh, during a time when women's voices were not really heard. More than 600 years ago, women's voices weren't as valued as we we know today, but but still she knew her maker. And and still she listened to the voice of God when folks didn't listen to her voice. And when she listened to the voice of God, uh, she refused to be silent. And and she wrote in what was known as the revelations of divine love. Don't you just love divine love? You know, know, love between brothers and sisters is is good. Love between partners is all right, too. But that divine love, that agape love, that, that, that can't nobody do me like Jesus. And she wrote about that divine love that said no matter what you're going through, 
all shall be well. All shall be well. No matter what it is that is troubling you, no matter what turmoil you find yourself in, all shall be well. See, but you get, not some of the things are going to be all right. Not a portion of what's going on is going to be fixed. Not a little piece of it, but all. It all shall be well. Maybe not now. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not in a month or a year. But, but all shall be well. I, I know it may be difficult right now. But I'm grateful for the women who, who said, you know, baby, trouble don't last always. That, that said, you know, the night may be long. Seem a, a long ways off that morning, but weeping, it endures for the night. But joy, but joy, but joy is coming in the morning. And, 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 and when I think about that joy, you know, it's, it's, it's a joy that only God can give. It's a joy that the world didn't give, and the world, it can't take that joy away. It's a joy that will keep you and sustain you and help you during those, that joy. It's the joy of Jesus that, that continues to speak even in the midst of these difficult moments, even the difficult moments of a denomination. You see, in the United Methodist Church, it may not be Easter yet, but Easter is on the way. It may be Holy Saturday in our denomination because something has died among us. A death has happened as a denomination has sided with discrimination, but I still know that joy is coming in the morning. I still know that even though it's Holy Saturday and a crucifixion has happened, that Easter is coming. And in that great getting up morning, that resurrection morning, new life will spring forth. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know who's going to lead it, but I know, beloved, it is going uh, to happen. We may not yet be able to see it with our physical eyes, but still we might see it with our spiritual eyes because we walk by faith. We walk by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. And our faith is not a blind faith. Not a blind faith. But it's a sighted one that sees even in the midst of the wilderness when we cannot see the pathway in front of us, still our spirits and our hearts are guided to a place that even is beyond the horizon. 
even beyond the horizon. You see, it, it, it's not a mistake, I think, that we find ourselves on this Sunday as the first Sunday of Lent during a time where we enter ritually again, over and over again, into a time of wilderness wandering. Into the wilderness where we're in the places where we cannot quite find our way because the commission on the way forward for the United Methodist Church failed to take us forward, but actually in some ways backward. So we're, we're, we're struggling to figure out as a congregation, as a district, as a conference, even a denomination, what might be God's will for us for such a time. As this, we find ourselves in the wilderness, and as we experience in the gospel lesson, you should read it, Luke chapter 4, we, we experience a wilderness wandering where Jesus found himself tested and tempted, and even in the presence of the devil. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, we don't talk about the devil very often, but, uh, uh, but evil is real. And, yeah. and, and, it's not, and not, uh, we're not talking about a caricature, right, a cartoon of a, a guy with, with pointy ears and a pitchfork and covered in red, right? But, but rather talking about Satan, the Hasatan, which is a translation for the adversary. Yeah. The adversary, that which stands against God. So during this time of wilderness wandering, when we find ourselves encountered by adversaries and adversities and things that would seek uh, to block our vision and our view of a God who loves us all into freedom, it's important for us to take evil seriously. How we might confront it how we might resist it. Oh yes, Lent is a time for us to recalibrate and to reset and to find our way when we find ourselves in a place of the wilderness. Oh yeah, a real estate agent will tell you location, location, location. Yeah. Location matters. And, and here's the, the, the point that even as we find ourselves in the wilderness of this moment as a denomination, as a church, that, that, you know, even in the barren land, even in the desert, when we find ourselves deserted, right, even in the location of the wilderness where it seems like God is not with us, that there is not a single place where we can go and escape the love of God. The, the psalmist said that if I go to the highest height, God, you are there. Yes. If I make myself a bed in Sheol in the deepest of depth, you are there. So God is with us even in the wilderness. That there is no place that God is not. Yes. That there is no place, not even in the barren lands, that is devoid of the presence of God. There is no place where God Love cannot reach us. So when we go into the wilderness, as we ritually do during this season of Lent, we go to the wilderness as a practice, 
as a way of conditioning ourselves and our spirits such that when the wilderness comes to us, we'll be ready. We come to the wilderness so that we'll be ready when the wilderness comes to us. Let me say it again. Maybe you'll catch it by the time you get home. We come to the wilderness such that when the wilderness comes to us, we will find ourselves strong. We will find ourselves ready. We will find ourselves prepared and able to encounter anything that comes our way. In the wilderness, Jesus is tempted. He's tested. And and it's it's important to see and to to notice that, that before Jesus began his public ministry, before he was sent out uh, with the power that said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, and to proclare that this is the year of the Lord's favor. He was driven. The scripture says he was driven. He didn't just go. He was driven into the wilderness to prepare himself for the work that was ahead. So then we find if Jesus is driven into the wilderness, we can't be surprised when we find ourselves in the wilderness. And and, and then we might follow in the footsteps of Jesus who when he was tempted in the wilderness, when he was tempted to trust in things that were not of God, he doubled down on the reason why he was called into being and to trust the God who sent him and to trust that the God who sent him would never leave him nor forsake him. That the God who is a provider will always provide even in the difficult moments. And there were three temptations that that Jesus experienced in the wilderness. The first temptation of desire, a physical desire of, uh, of food, the, the temptations of the body, temptations of the flesh. The second temptation was a temptation of power and of wealth and authority. The, 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 the Satan, the adversary, took him up and showed him all the wonders, all the powers of this world and said, if you just bow down to me, you can have all these things. You know, I'm, I'm not one for, for you know, the, the American obsession with power and with greed and that, that sometimes get framed as patriotism. You know, a, a patriotism that wants to censure and, and silence opposition and the protection of power and, 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 and the capital, uh, capitalism, which is the, the bedrock of the American machine. I, I'm, not, I'm not for that type of, that type of idolatry that, that worships power and wealth and authority, but there is one thing that the United States has gotten right in our motto, that in God we trust. In, in, in God we trust. So, it, so it's, not the, the, it's, it's not putting our trust in these physical things as in the first temptation. It's not in, in trust in these financial things, the power and wealth and authority as in the second temptation. And it, not even in the third temptation that, that we can make it on our own. Yeah. 
right? When, when Jesus is, 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 is uh, tempted by the devil, says, you know, God loves you, and, and God is going to take care of you, so let, let's go ahead and put God to the test. That third temptation, when he says, let me take you up to the pinnacle of the temple, and if you throw yourself off the temple, surely angels will come and and provide for you. That was a temptation towards self-importance. Towards, also at the bedrock of the American way, a, a certain rugged individualism that we can make it on our own, that we can do it by ourselves, that you're so important that you can even put God to the test. Uh, but Jesus says that, 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 that do not put the Lord your God to the test. Instead of leaning into hubris, I'm going to lean into humility. Not Arrogance and a self-importance that seeks to put you above your neighbor, but rather the invitation during this season of Lent is to lean not on thy own understanding, but to all thy ways acknowledge God and God will direct your path and surround you by people that you can lean on. The journey of Lent is that we don't have to do it by ourselves, but rather we are surrounded by people that that when we get tired and we think we can't make it by ourselves, we can call on somebody who's going to walk there with us. You, you, You see, it is not the will of God that we should suffer. It is not the will of God that we could struggle, but in the midst of the suffering and the struggle, God will still be with us. It is not God's will that we will suffer, but God will be with us in the struggle, and God makes God's self plain by surrounding us with community, surrounding us with family who will bear the burden with us. So yes, Lent is about leaning, leaning on the Lord and leaning on one another, finding strength in community, remembering always that when we are tempted to bow our head and throw in the towel, that we can call on one who was with us before, who is with us now, and will be with us to the end, that we can call on the Lord. And get the, we call on the Lord, not a church. We call on the Lord, not a minister. We call on the Lord, not a denomination. We call on the Lord, and when we call on the Lord, there will always be an answer. Yes, trust, beloved. In God, we trust. Trust is a practice. And the more we try it, the better we get at it. And we trust in God because God is trustworthy. So let's keep on practicing that trust. Let's keep on leaning not on our own understanding, but leaning on the one who loves us. Let us build our faith and our hope and our love not on a shakeable foundation, yeah. 
not on a, a movable foundation, but on a firm foundation. So that's why we sing, beloved, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ the solid rock. Won't you help me sing it? On Christ the solid rock. Come on and stand to your feet. On Christ the solid rock we stand. All other ground, all other ground, all other ground, knowing that all shall be well. All shall be well. And as we press on towards that day, we keep rooting ourselves in that hope, which is our firm foundation. As we open up the doors of the church this morning, why don't we make this? Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org. 